Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Good morning, church family. How are y'all doing this morning? Y'all doing good, man? I'm so glad that y'all are here with us this morning. For those of y'all online, thank you so much for being here as well. Y'all, before I get started, I get to tell you how awesome my community is because Josh, while he was up here giving me this podium, he told me politely, don't mess up. So how awesome is community? Am I right? Community is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Community is awesome, right? But so for those of y'all that don't know who I am, my name is Troy Robinson, and I'm the youth pastor here at Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. And, and y'all, I am honored and I am grateful and I am privileged to serve our youth. I get to speak to them on Wednesdays and, and point them towards Christ. We're able to go on trips and go to camp to learn how to present the gospel, and they get to go out into BYBC and, and make a difference and tell kids about Jesus. And so I'm honored to be serving them. I wanted to let y'all know that this past week, our students uh, started going back to school either on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. And I, I have a, a few students who are like, yes, I can't wait to go back to school. But as most of you probably know, there's a lot of them that are like, Troy, I don't, I don't want to go back to school. I want 12 more months of summer. And, and yeah, I connect with those students, as I'm sure a lot of y'all do as well. But I, I want to challenge you this morning to be praying for our students because this year they're going back into sports and into drama and, and band and choir and all these extracurricular activities. And y'all, this is an awesome mission field for our students. So be praying for wisdom for them. Be praying for discernment and for confidence that they can go out and tell about their faith, but they can also be showing it all the time, even when, even when their peers aren't looking. Y'all, but today I am honored and privileged to be speaking in front of you today um, before we get into authentic community, I want to recap what we've been talking about so far in the series, The Master's Plan. And so uh, week number one, Pastor Brian talked to us about the Big C Church, and, and he told us that we, as a body of Christ, are supposed to go out and do. In Matthew 28, it tells us to go and make disciples. And so that, that looks like us going and sharing the good news of Jesus when we're in HEB or when we're da walking down the aisles of Walmart or when we're pumping gas or walking downtown Georgetown. We're supposed to go out and tell people about how awesome Jesus is. It also means showing people Jesus through our actions. You know, we, were, we were told we're called out to go and do and not just sit on the sidelines. Last week, Pastor Brian continued on, and, and he talked about what we as Hill Country Bible Church Georgetown are called to do. And so he, gave, he talked about our vision, y'all, and our vision is to reach every man, woman, and child with the good news of the grace of Jesus. He then shared with us our mission at Hill Country, which is we exist to help imperfect people do life with a perfect God so they can experience the best life possible. And so y'all know when I come up on stage, I tell y'all all the time, we are imperfect people doing life with a perfect God. And that means we are accepting of those who have hurts, habits, and hangups in their life. We want to invite those people who may not know about Jesus, and we want to include those who have, who have concerns or, or doubts or questions about their faith. 
Y'all, we are called to be a hospital, not a holy huddle. Now, we could have stopped there and said, hey, y'all know what we're doing? Go out and do it. And, we, and that would have been okay. But we, we've decided that we really want to dive into our vision and our mission and as, as the big C church in general and talk about how can we go out and do what God is telling us to do. And, and y'all, I, I got to be honest with you, I am grateful and I am excited that I was chosen to be talking about community because I get to talk about friends and I get to talk about family and, and coworkers and neighbors and those people around us that we do life with. And I, and I got to be honest with you, if, if I didn't have a community that pulled me up when I was down or, or challenged me when I had questions or, or told me keep going when I thought I couldn't do it anymore, y'all, God only knows where I would be without them. So I am grateful for my people. So as you can tell, I'm passionate about this topic. I'm passionate about community and talking about how we can get together, y'all, but I'm also not naive, Right? I know that there are people out here that don't like the word community. I know there are people out who have been hurt by people who said, hey, I love you, and then you've gotten hurt. Or there have been people who, who have come into your life and said, I've got your back. I'm going to be with you forever. And then they turned around and walked away. So I'm not naive to that fact. But I challenge you to give me 25 minutes of your time. I'm going to be talking about community in a way that the Bible talks about community, not the way that the world talks about community. We're talking about that authentic community. Oh, but before we can talk about authentic community, we have to know what we're talking about. And so I, I've got to be honest with you for a second. I, I am kind of a nerd, and I love definitions. Whenever I speak to our youth and there is a, a word that may have a couple of definitions or there's a word that they may not know, I want to dive in and know exactly what that means. That way we are all on the same page. And so today is not going to be any different. So I looked up the word authentic and community. And according to Merriam-Webster, authentic is this. It means not false or imitation. It's real. It's actual. On a community is a unified body of individuals. And so if we put authentic and community together, it's a not false or real unified body of individuals. So now that we're, we're on the same page, we can begin and, and talk about this thing called authentic community. So I did some research um, as I was preparing for this sermon, and, and I went out to all of the major social media sites. So that's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's the old TikTok as well. And I, I did some research, and I, and I found out how many users are on each one, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't do an interactive with you, right? I do interactives with my students all the time, so y'all get to participate today. And I'm going to ask you how many users are on a site, and I need some feedback back from you. So first, I went to Facebook. How many users do you think are on Facebook? A jillion? <laughs> one jillion. Okay, I got one jillion, one jillion, one jillion. Uh, any, what else? Okay, one jillion. 2.5 billion? Good guess. Good guess. Like you, it's like you saw something. Yes, that's close. Yes, that was good. Was that Travis? That was good. That was a good guess. Hey, so there are 2.85 billion users on Facebook. Okay, Twitter. All right, Twitter. Travis, you can't guess. All right, Twitter, how many users are on Twitter? Two million. What? <laughs> One jillion again. Okay, anything else? Anything else? 500 million. Good guess. Okay, good. So Twitter's got 396.5 million users. 
Instagram. Give me a guess on Instagram. How many users? Ten. That's a good guess. A little bit higher than that. A little bit higher than ten. Four. Four. A little bit higher than that. Come on, y'all. Okay. And one more guess. Two hundred million. Good guess. Okay. On Instagram, there are one point four five two billion people on Instagram. Lastly, TikTok. It hasn't been around a little while. You can see some dance moves and stuff. So on TikTok, how many users are on TikTok? How many? Two billion. How many? 700 million. Okay, good. So there are 755 million users on TikTok. Y'all, so looking at these, these numbers, we're able to connect like never before. I, in a moment, I can go on your Facebook page and see what your family's doing. In a, in a second, I can go on your Twitter feed and, and look about the latest topics that you're talking about. And in a nanosecond, I can see what you had for lunch yesterday. So we're able to connect like never before. Yeah, but people are now lonelier than ever. There was a study done by Harvard in February of 2021, so during the pandemic, and the study was, was titled this, Loneliness in America, How the Pandemic Has Deepened an Epidemic of Loneliness and What We Can Do About It. And y'all, so I, I, I read through this study, um, and there were some startling facts that came out, and there's some startling things, and I just want to share a couple of those with you today. The first one was this, is that 36% of the respondents in this study, they said they felt lonely. They felt lonely frequently, almost all the time, or all the time. So if you look around, four out of 10 people in this room feel lonely frequently, almost all the time, or all the time. Y'all, and then just two sentences after this statistic, it said this, loneliness is linked to early mortality and a wide array of serious physical and emotional problems, which include depression, anxiety, heart disease, substance abuse, and domestic abuse. Y'all, so we are longing for something more. When we are lonely, our body literally does something. We have anxiety, we have stress, we have depression, we, have, we start to have heart problems. We go out and we search for things where we don't connect with people like drugs and alcohol. Y'all, it says it literally kills us to be lonely. Y'all, I, I don't want to bring a whole lot of negative, so I'm going to try to bring the room back up. And there was something important that was said. There's something that stood out to me in this study that was super, super awesome. It said this, we need to return to an idea that was central to our founding and is at the heart of many great religious traditions. It said, we have commitments to ourselves but we also have vital commitments to each other, including to those who are vulnerable. And so as I, as I read through that and I, was, and I was praying and I was thinking, Lord, give me something to talk about. And, and, and he, he gave me this. He said, Troy, it took a pandemic to help us remember what God said in Genesis 2. And God, and God said this, it is not good for the man to be alone. You know, before chapter two and in chapter one, God made a perfect earth. He made perfect vegetation and perfect plants and perfect animals and perfect land and a perfect sea. And he created a perfect man. And God said, it is good. Yeah, but then he said, it is not good for man to be alone. So God's plan from the very beginning of time was for men to have authentic community he can rely on. And there are a lot of examples about, uh, about this in the Bible. And so 
I can talk to y'all obviously all day about this. I'm passionate, but I've got you for about 20 minutes, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it short. And so I've condensed it down to four main po points of how we can create, grow, or establish authentic community. So we have to be devoted to those around us. We have to be present in those people's lives. We have to be humble when correcting, and we have to be encouraging as well. So the first way to create, grow, or establish authentic community is to be devoted. And so in Romans 12, 9 through 13, it says this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And so I, I love this translation in Romans, and, and I connect with this because it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. So I, I'm sure some of you can connect with this example as, as you're walking through HEB or you're headed down the aisles of Walmart and you're, you're getting your groceries and wanting to get home, and then you look up and you see somebody that you know, and you're like, oh no, please, 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 and then you hear, hey, hey, and you're like, oh. And they're literally running to you because they're so excited to talk to you. And then they, they get there and they're, they're talking to you and they're, they're asking you questions and wanting to know about your life. And the whole time you're thinking, I just picked up these eggs, they're going to go bad. I, I've got to get home because I don't want to be here any longer. Right? And so after the conversation, you turn away thankful that it's done and you don't remember a single thing that that person said. Y'all, I'm like that as well, so don't think I'm judging anybody because I do that myself. But Paul says something amazing in verse 10 in this, in this section of Scripture. He said, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Y'all, in the NIV translation where I get my point is, he says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And so he's, he's saying if we're devoted to one another, we will do everything that Paul says here in this scripture. It says, he says, really love others. So when that person is walking up to you because they want to talk to you, even though you may not want to be there, you drop what you're doing to communicate with them and be there with them. It's telling us we will jump at the chance to help somebody in need and, and we will go and show hospitality to those who need hospitality. Now, can we do that in every single circumstance that happens to us? No. We can't help everybody. We can't jump at the top opportunity to help everybody. But when we have an authentic community, when somebody is in need, we're able to point that person to somebody else we know. That way they can get the help that they need. You know, and as an example of this, I have a photo behind me, and this is my wife, Ashley, when she was pregnant. And she was she was eight months and six days pregnant. We had just bought our house and, and moved into our house, and we had unloaded the boxes, and, and Ashley had been asking me for weeks, Troy, we have to paint the nursery. Troy, I, we have to paint the nursery. And y'all, I hate painting. And I knew I had another month because nine months, right? That's when the baby is supposed to come. Sorry, Grace. Sorry. Yeah, I know. But y'all, so I, I was like, I've got time. I, I have time. But the one night she was adamant, we have to paint tonight. So 
We got the plastic rolled out. We taped up the mountains. Those are going to be mountains you'll see in a second. So we got all that taped up. And we started painting the walls. And about half hour in, Ashley said, hey, I'm tired. I, I want to go to bed. I said, yes, yeah, sweet. Yeah, so do I. So we, we went to bed, and I was, I was resting, and I, and I was happy that I was, I was in bed. But that next morning at 5.30, I literally get a slap on my chest. She says, wake up, it's time to go. And I'm in a panic. What do, you, what do you mean it's time to go? Where are we going? And my water broke. We have to go. And so we get up and we go. And 12 hours later, we have our daughter Ainsley. Yeah, but in, in that time at the hospital, we had to stay a few days longer because there were some complications with the birth. And, and Ainsley had some things that she had to get figured out. Thank the Lord, everything's okay now. But we had a few extra days, and with those few extra days, as I'm sleeping on that couch, I have time to think. And my first thought is, we didn't finish the room. I want to bring my baby girl into our new home, into our completed room, and I can't. And so I'm like, we're not going to be able to do it. We're going to have to paint when she gets home, and, and it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay, y'all. But because I have an authentic community, because I have a devoted community, we've got a next slide for you. That was painted. My, my mom and stepdad and stepsister came into our home while we were in the hospital and finished painting the walls for us. Y'all, in, in the time of the hospital, I had, I had, we had a small group come around us who we, we, we were involved with, and, and they, they prayed for us, and they, they texted, and they called us, and they, they loved on us. They set up a meal train. That way, when we went home, we didn't have to worry about meals for a couple of months. Y'all, we were devoted to, we were loved on, and y'all, my wife and I were super, super thankful. So when, when you feel like people are devoted to you, when you have people who are devoted to you, you can trust them in a time of need. So who can you show more devotion to in your circle? Now next to have authentic community, we have to be present. And in Acts 2, 44 through 47, it says this, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Oh, wow. What a picture Luke paints for us of the, the early church. He opens in verse 44. He says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. So what can that look like for us today? Maybe that's a small group that you're in or, or needing to join that you can go and, and dive into the word and support one another and pray for one another and have fellowship together. Y'all, maybe that's family dinners and Josh doesn't know I'm gonna bring this up, but when he has his worship team come together, he calls it a family dinner because they're not just different people, they're a family, they're brothers and sisters in Christ that come together over a meal. It looks like going out and doing activities with your brothers and sisters that you may not necessarily want to do, and then them going and doing activities you like to do just because you want to be together. And it also looks like serving with one another, because when you serve God and serve people around you, that brings you connected like you can't even imagine. You know, it looks like a friendship that is more like a family, and, I, and I've got to brag on one of my buddies, um, his name's Ty, and I met Ty when I had moved to Ohio. And for those of y'all that don't know, I didn't study Christian studies. I was in business and I, I was a business major. And when I graduated from college, I went off into sales because I like to talk, right? As you can tell. 
So I like to talk. My, the business sent me to Ohio. They said, hey, you're going to go do awesome things over there. So I went. And as I began to get more plugged in and more plugged in, I had people around me, but I didn't have that authentic person that I really connected with. And then I met Ty. And me and Ty met at church one day, and, and we are cut from the same cloth. We, we like the same things that really matter and may not like the things that don't really matter, but when it comes to the real, real things we connected, and, and wherever Ty was, I was. And wherever I was, Ty was, right? So we, we went around everywhere together, and we had that authentic community. Y'all, and he then moved his fiance there, and they, they got married, and, and they were living life together. And they're nurses, and, and Claire, his wife, was from North Carolina, and, and she was in Ohio for about a year and a half. She's like, I have to get back to North Carolina. That's where my heart is. That's where I want to go. So Ty and Claire started to make their tr transition to North Carolina. But during that time, they actually moved to Wyoming because they were both nurses and did a, tra a travel stint there to make some extra money. And Ty called me one day, and you know, we were just talking about you know, how my heart was going back to Texas, and I couldn't wait to get home to be close to family. And he could tell that something was wrong. And so the, an, another week and a half went by, and Ty called me and said, hey, I got a ticket. I'm coming to you in Cleveland. Pick me up. Y'all, and, and that showed that him being present in my life was, was worth more than money could ever even buy. That him coming and knowing that I needed somebody in that moment, knowing that he was going to be there for me, y'all rocked my world. And then the next couple of months after that, I was coming back to Texas and I was on cloud nine because my buddy loved me enough to come visit me. So it looks like friendship that's more like family. Y'all, Luke uh, Luke continues in verse 45, and he said, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Can you imagine what kind of testimony that would, that would look like to the people around you? Let's say somebody in your community needs something, and somebody else sells a couch in order for them to have something, or a couple of y'all come together, sell a couple items, that way somebody in your community can have something else. Y'all, that is totally countercultural today. There's no way people would do that. No, but we as Christ believers, we as Christians, we are called to be totally countercultural. And then Luke, at the end of Acts 2, 46-47, he ends with a celebration. And he says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Also, to me, in this, this short section of scripture, it sounds like this community was happy with one another. It sounds like they could rely on one another when they were feeling down, and, and it sounds like they trusted God with what they were given. That way they could bless others with what they had. You know, we need to get back to this kind of community. So who can you be present with more in your life? You know, maybe it's your actual family. Maybe it's a, a family member you haven't seen in a while that you need to get back to like Ty did with me. He flew to see me. You know, maybe it's your small group. You, you might say you're in a small group, but it's been weeks or months since you've come together. Maybe it's time to go back and meet with them to fellowship and to pray for one another. You know, maybe it's your church family. Maybe you haven't come to church in a while and you've been feeling that tug to go. Maybe it's time to come back and gather with us. You know, every single person in this room, including myself, can work on being more present in others' lives. So next, for authentic community, we've got to be humble. And, and I know that word humble, some of you shake and grimace and, ugh, I don't want to be humble. 
And I, and I get it. It can, it can come off as weak or it can be like, hey, I don't want to be a human punching bag. Or for you men, maybe it's just not manly to be humble. But y'all hear me out because Jesus was humble. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians 2. And, and in this section of scripture, Paul is writing to the, the church of Ephesus. And he's spurring them on to do things and to be united in the body of Christ. And the church of Ephesus is, is going through a transition right now. And They've got Gentile Christians. They have Jewish Christians who don't see eye to eye. They're, they're fighting. The Jewish Christians don't like the Gentile Christians and vice versa. And they're, and they're trying to figure this thing out. And they're looking for somebody to guide them. And, and Paul does. And they're thinking, oh, he's going to tell them to go away or them to do this or whatever. And, and Paul does something super, super crazy in this time. He says in Ephesians 4, 2 through 3, he says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Y'all, and in that time, I can only imagine those Christians going, yo, Paul, what? No. What? I can't be gentle. I can't be patient with these people. I don't like, they're not with us. Y'all, but Paul did. And maybe Paul was crazy for saying it. Y'all, but again, like I said earlier, Jesus was humble, and we're also called to be humble with those around us. Y'all, we're called to be humble when we're dealing with those people in our community. Y'all, we're called to be gentle when we want to fight. We're called to be patient and loving when it's hard to be patient and loving. Y'all, and if you have a parent, a sibling, a coworker, a neighbor, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all, we're called to make unity through peace. And I know this is tough. I know it's hard. I know it's countercultural. But if Gentile and Jewish Christians can do it, so can we. And when you have a, a community that's, that's humble towards another and connected, we're more in line to do with what, what Christ calls us to do. So where can you show more humility in your life? And finally, in order to have that authentic community, we've got to be encouraging. You know, in, in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, Josh shared it earlier. Uh, it says this. And let us consider how we spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Also, in, in verse 24, it says, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And, and can, you, can you do that without encouragement from people around you? I mean, think about your life for a second. Think about people who may have encouraged you through pain, or through intimidation, or through just, you know, messing with your mind. Do you, do you do what they're telling you to do for very long? Maybe you do. I don't. You know, being on a sports team, eventually you're going to come away from that. You're not going to be running those gassers that your, your coach tells you to run. You know, but when you have people in your life who are encouraging you and loving on you and being there with your life, you're going to go out and do things in love, and you're going to go out and do good deeds. And then in verse 25, and this is going to mesh in with being present, my point from earlier, the author of Hebrews says this, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. He says, y'all need to meet. You need to meet often. So this is a rhetorical question, but how can you be encouraged if you're not meeting with one another? And so I was, again, as I was studying, preparing for this topic, I, I ran across this little excerpt in my study Bible that was too good not to share. And it said this, to neglect Christian meetings is to give up the encouragement and help of other Christians. 
we gather together to share our faith and strengthen one another in the Lord. As we get closer to the day when Christ will return, we will face many spiritual struggles and even times of persecution. Anti-Christian forces will grow in strength. Difficulties should never be excuses for missing church services. Rather, as, difficult, as difficulties arise, we should make an even greater effort to be in attendance. Wow. That's straightforward and true, right? Y'all are told to be together so we can receive that encouragement from other brothers and sisters in Christ. We are called to meet together. That way we can go out and encourage them as well. And when, when we don't gather, we can't do that. When we're not present in each other's lives, we can't get that encouragement that we need. So who can, you be, who can you be seeking out to encourage, or who can you be seeking out in your community to encourage? Maybe it's a parent that you need to go encourage because they're on tough times. Maybe it's, a, it's a, 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 one of your kids who's going back into school, encouraging them that they can make it through. Maybe it's a friend, or maybe it's a neighbor. We all have people that we can be encouraging. And if you're in need of encouragement, think about who you can go out and get that encouragement from. And I pray that every single one of you has somebody in your community who can encourage you to, to do things in love and then go out and do good deeds. So I want to close with this because I'm, I'm running out of time, but I love every single person in this room. I may not have ever met you. I may have never spoken to you, but I want you to know today that you are not in this thing called life alone. Y'all, my email is on the church website. If you need somebody in your life because you have nobody, email me. I'll be there. And I will try to do whatever I can to get you plugged in somewhere here in this church. And y'all, speaking of, if you're looking for an authentic community, uh, our small groups is a really, really great place to start. Is Michael in here? Michael Howard? All right, you see a hand? Can you pop it up one more time? See that hand? Michael Howard today, thanks Michael, is going to be out at the red tent. If you're like, hey, I want to get plugged into a small group, please go talk to Michael today because he can get you plugged in. And we're also looking for small group leaders to help lead people meeting together. So if you have any questions about that, please go see Michael Howard after the service today. And y'all, for those of you who do have an authentic community, like Troy, you're preaching. I know exactly what you're talking about. Please, this week, go tell those people you love them. Y'all, we have to make an effort to be devoted to those people. We have to make an effort to be present in their lives. When we correct those people in our community, we've got to be humble while we do it. And we've got to, we've got to show people encouragement when they're feeling down. God brought those people into your lives for a reason. And you may need them more than they need you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you, one for today, Lord, and just thank you for the rain that you gave us this week. We, we all, all were so, so happy when that happened. Lord, I, I pray over this lesson today, Lord, that I pray over authentic community, or there, there are people here who have it, and are rocking it, and are loving it, and are supported, and feel loved, and, 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 and are so thankful for them, Lord, but I pray for those people who don't. I pray for those people who are, who are ask, wanting to get more plugged in, that they, they go to Michael and talk about small groups, Lord, I pray that you bring people in their lives, Lord, but I, I know we have to be more devoted in those people's lives, so I pray that if, if we're struggling with that, that we can, t- can continue to be more devoted in their lives, Lord. I, I pray that we're able to be present and, and show a presence in, in those people's lives around us and show those people that we love them. Lord, I pray that if we have people in our lives that we have to correct, that we can do it in a way of humility because you show us so much humility. 
Lord, I pray if there's anyone in our circle who needs encouragement, please, please, please have them come up to us and have us have the words that spur them on in love and good deeds. Lord, we, we love you. We're thankful for your word. And Lord, we're thankful so much for Jesus dying on the cross to save us. It's your name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Y'all go out and have a great week. We'll see you.